Six years ago, uh, I left my church and I almost left the faith as a result of it. I totally understood why people meant when they said they didn't want to go to church. It was African-American minister, author, speaker, and educator Emmett G. Price who coined the term church hurt to describe the pain sometimes inflicted on people by religious leaders and institutions. Inspired by many conversations with many of you and equally challenged by our collective desire to aspire to unity. Today on Context, we open up the church doors to examine the hurt that's sometimes found inside mainstream and orthodox places meant for solace. The church has survived thousands of years through pandemics and scandals, but something is changing. Today on the program, we'll hear from faith leaders who welcome criticism within their walls. But first, Maggie John speaks with international hip-hop artist Lecrae about coming to terms with his own church hurt. His name literally means blessings from God, but in his new book, he writes, Church Hurt is the Worst Hurt. New York Times bestselling author Lecrae's new book is called I Am Restored, How I Lost My Religion But Found My Faith. Lecrae is also a Grammy Award-winning platinum-selling artist who plays to sold-out audiences in stadiums all over the world, sharing the message of Jesus with millions. But it is the pain and trauma that he experienced in his own life that hit him head-on just a few years ago and caused him to stop everything to search for healing. Lecrae, thank you for joining us again on, on Context. Thank you, I appreciate it. You know, I often uh, quote your first book, Unashamed. You said uh, in your book that you attend a funeral every day and it's a funeral to yourself, dying to yourself every day. And I love that line because it speaks volumes. Uh, in this book, you talk about being sexually abused before the age of 10, being uh, picked on by your uncles, being called too soft, all while looking for affirmation from your absent father. Uh, what was that like and how do you survive that? How, how do you think you survived that? Oh, man. Um, honestly, you know, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, you know, you suppress a lot of things. You wear a lot of wounds. Um, you know, for me, I think the arts were an outlet for me uh, to just be able to express a side of me that was was not allowed to be expressed. And so that was uh, the way that I found myself surviving. You talk about growing up and joining the church and looking for affirmation from your church family. You say that you entered into another layer of hurt because of, as a black man, you felt leaders, you quote, wanted you to erase your culture and use your skin. Explain that for me. Yeah. Um, you know, with every, you know, people group, there's a culture that comes with it. And a lot of times we love to kind of pick and choose what we want uh, from those cultures. Um, we may say, oh, I like the food from this particular culture, but I don't want the people. And uh, for me, what, it was kind of the opposite. It was, I want your skin because having a black person here gives off the picture of diversity, mm. but your culture some of the things about your culture, I'm not really interested in. I'll take some aspects of it, kind of cherry pick. I like this rap thing that you guys do. Um, I like the, the style of dress a little bit, um, but but some of these these cultural affirmations and some of these ideas of, you know, um, racial, uh, historical things, 
I, I don't want those. Can we not have those? Can you not bring up your ancestral trials and tribulations? Let's leave that off the table. And so you saw that actually happen as you started to talk about anti-black racism. You saw losing 30,000 followers on social media in one day. You talk about in your new book that you showed up for a concert, only 300 people showed up. What happened and how did that impact you? It was, it was pretty devastating. I'm not going to lie to you. It was de devastating because I was not, um, I didn't have a, a mental kind of framework for it all. So, you know, you, you're thinking that you're safe in this context where we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so this type of stuff doesn't happen here. Um, and when it does happen, then you're, you're kind of disillusioned and, and disoriented, kind of like, wait, what, what I thought that this was one big happy family. Mm -hmm. So that probably uh, did the most damage to me is just messed up my kind of framework I had for faith and family initially. And then I just, you know, eventually realized, man, we, we all fall short. And when we, when it says we fall, we fall mm. short. Yeah. You said you learned that race relations are more about how black you are not than how black you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, um, as end of the day, you, you, you find, uh, I find in, in some of my Asian friends and some of my Hispanic friends that they can kind of fly under the radar um, because they're, you know, they, they, there's a, a different level of, of acceptance in, in some circles, in some senses, if they can assimilate more. Mm -hmm. But no matter how much a, a black person assimilates, um, you're, you're, you're always going to be black. You know what I mean? And so there's just always uh, going to be an, an uh, overt issue there. And that just comes from the, the historical context that our world exists in. Um, where the darker skinned people were always kind of on the bottom of the totem pole due to the transatlantic slave trade. And so that's that's just the consistency of what we see across the world. It's unfortunate. Um, but that's that those are some of these constructs that we don't even realize that are established. OK, let's hold it right there, Lecrae. When we come back, we'll find out just how self-destructive your life became, even though you had the world at your feet and how you lost your religion but gained your faith. But first, Lecrae is not alone. Take a look at what some of you had to say about this very important issue. What Lecrae says in his book is church hurt is the worst kind of hurt. Hi, Maggie. I'm in the heart of downtown Toronto today, talking to some Canadians on just what Lecrae writes about in his latest book. So we're doing an episode on whether uh, people have been hurt by church. Have you ever been hurt by the church before? Uh, Yes and no. So when, uh, when you say church, it depends what you mean. As a black African, the church was like, is a big part of colonization. So I used to be a Roman Catholic and basically they were a big part of how I got colonized and stuff. So they kind of hurt me, but what they mean is also like helped like black people in, uh, in America, the way they could congregate and do their things in secret was also because they went to a church because that's the only place they could meet. No, haven't. No. I wouldn't say misinformed, but confused, depending on the pastor you go to or the church. Do you currently go to church? Um, no, I don't, which is a shame, but uh, not that I can't say I'm busy. You know, you're never too busy to go to church. Yes, I do. Never. Yeah, I go to church uh, before the lockdown, but now uh, we unable to go. It's very sad for us. And do you think that the church should modernize? Um, yes, definitely. They are not going to be, for sure. 
you know, church is something from 1,000, 2,000 years ago, and they are not going to be changed. If they change, it's just on the surface. Yes, the church should change with the times and what the people need. Depends what people consider modernizing. Um, I think they're a little outdated. I think their mindset is a little outdated. I think it's time for them to live in the now sort of thing. Healing finally came when you realized that you didn't have to work for God's approval and you dealt with the trauma you had survived. How difficult was that process? Extremely difficult. Um, you know, you have to be vigilant. Um, the, the, the good part about it is as difficult as it is, is that God is more faithful, you know? And so um, the, the therapy, the having to, un, you know, take the lid off of some historical traumas and deal with some things in your past, all of that was difficult. Um, having to stay consistent with your regimen and your plan and your program, uh, journaling, all those things are difficult because you just have not created that type of rhythm for yourself. And so um, that's what had to happen for me. But God was very faithful to walk with me in that process. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you this last, last question. What does it mean now to let go of religion and to find faith? Um, you know what, to let go of religion for me is, is now about not trying to perform in order to be accepted either by people or by God. Um, you don't have to follow these rules to be loved. You, you, you realize that you are loved. And so these things don't, they're not rules anymore. They are, um, opportunities to demonstrate devotion, opportunities to, to, to express your love. And um, so now going out and feeding the, 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 the people who are homeless um, is not something I'm doing in order to get God to love me more. It's an expression of the love that I've been given. And so I want to give it to other people. Mm. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lecrae. Again, Grammy Award winning artist, best-selling author, Lecrae. Thank you so much for your time today. Again, be sure to download Lecrae's latest album, Restoration, and do pick up his latest book, I Am Restored, online or wherever books are sold. And you can check out our website, context.show. Thanks again, Lecrae. Thank you. Appreciate you. So I was talking with a friend recently, and she told me that she's pretty much done with church. And when I asked her why, she started listing off all the other things that she's got in her life. She's got yoga for a sense of spiritual embodied connection. She's got group chats to talk to her friends. She can go to the gym to exercise. And the more she talked about all the reasons she was done with church, the more I realized she had a really good point. So why would anyone go to church? That's a question our next guest is tackling with the millennial generation, trying to be heard by some in mainstream church. But are they listening? Kevin Makins is a pastor and author and joins us now. Kevin, why did you write this book? You know, I wrote the book because I totally understood why people meant when they said they didn't want to go to church. You know, I'd hear them describe their reasons and say, yeah, that's pretty compelling. Like the way that so many of us have been taught to think about church, it's about the message or it's about the music. It's about some component of the show that just isn't that impressive anymore in the modern world. There's too many other options. You've got podcasts and TED Talks and live events. Well, we used to have live events. We'll have them again. 
But the idea of church competing with these things just didn't make any sense. And as I and my friends were learning to love the church, we were finding that we were loving all these different things mm. that actually um, were just entirely different than the show, the sermon, the song, and, and learning that those were the things that really made church unique and really made church powerful. You say in your new book that the way church is being done is no longer working. What isn't working and why? Yeah, and every church is so different, so I don't want to make too broad of a statement, but I know for a lot of churches, trying to keep up with the secular culture around us isn't working because we're no longer in that time called Christendom, where we're going to have so much money and so much influence and so much grandeur that people are going to come to us to be entertained. And I actually don't think it's a bad thing to lose that, because that gives us an opportunity to remember what has always made the church so powerful, which is a sense of community, the forgiveness of sins, being tied into something that's before us and lest Christ return very shortly will be after us. So all of those things were so powerful, but so many of our churches are putting so much energy in trying to compete with the world or trying to be interesting or relevant. But really a lot of those things we just can't do anymore. The world's gotten too good at it and we've lost our resources. So it's time to think of an old way that might be new again. Yeah, you know, Kevin, Angus Reid recently had a study that said 67% of Canadians believe in a higher power, but there is a clear mm. differentiation between attending a church service and having faith. How can you mm. reconcile the two if you have been hurt by organized religion? Yeah, and lots and lots of people have been hurt by organized religion, whether it's them directly or someone they love who is hurt, or maybe it's just the impression they get of the church from social media, from uh, maybe news sources. And so uh, I initially kind of want to say, well, no, no, church is great. Don't worry about it. Come on, come on. But we have to let people be where they're at. We have to meet them as real people where they are. And part of that means saying, okay, so you've experienced some hurt. Instead of trying to dismiss it or defend the church, let's both acknowledge that the church has been at her best amazing, but at her worst, really not great. And so let's name some of those feelings together. Let's confront that pain together. And then let's ask how the kind of um, spiritual family that Jesus is founding, that you know, his, his life was to set up these communities, let's look at how that maybe lines up with the church as she's been, but also how that challenges the church. Rather than correct those people, I'd much rather pull them into being part of the solution because the church does need to reclaim her roots as God's family. And we have lost the way at points and in different contexts over the last 2,000 years. Yeah, maybe face some of those those difficult conversations. Tell us, so why? Why would anyone go to church? You know, because church is the only place where I'm put uh, in a spot where I, I have to take all my ideas and all my tweets and I have to put them into action. So I have a lot of great ideas online. If you get me ranting, I've got a lot of thoughts. But I might say we should feed everyone, but the church looks at me and says, well, there's a family that just had a baby and they need a meal next Tuesday. And there's a refugee family down the street that just moved in and we're trying to get them settled so you could drive them to work next week. And suddenly all of my idealism about life and faith and values becomes very, very concrete. So long as the church is a community of people trying to follow Jesus together and encouraging one another in that, there's just not going to be another place where we get to put into practice the way of Jesus as much as in the context of a local church 
in a parish together. Mm. Wise words. Live what we are preaching. Pastor Kevin Makins, author of Why Would Anyone Go to Church? and pastor of Eucharist Church in Hamilton, Ontario. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. The church can be a place of refuge, but we also know it can be a place of pain. So why are we not learning from this? We'll hear from Father Pishoy Salama and how the Coptic Church in Canada is handling church hurt. That's coming up. Some say as long as imperfect humans lead religious organizations, there will be hurt and pain. But why are we not learning from history's mistakes? Our next guest might have some answers. He is part of the ancient Coptic church out of Egypt. Father Peshoy is a priest here in Canada. Thank you so much for joining us today, Father Peshoy. Now, how can we handle being hurt by the church and not see it as being hurt by God? I think it's really important uh, to acknowledge that hurt does exist and that God always has our best interest. But as human beings, we are all fallible and um, we have our faults and mistakes. And unfortunately, uh, this projects in our ministry once we deal with one another as human beings. How, how do traditional or orthodox churches look at this issue of church hurt and how open are they when it comes to dealing with this? I think for the ancient church, uh, we've been hurt so much throughout history. Uh, the Coptic church has always been a persecuted church um, from so many different uh, communities around the world. And I think it's persecution that made us so much stronger and, and resilient. Uh, knowing that uh, God himself, Jesus himself, has suffered in the flesh and uh, his purpose was to save others. So we see that uh, through hurt, God prepares us to be resilient and uh, to witness to our faith and look at it as a blessing or as a crown coming to us from heaven. Mm. Through the experience comes strength. Your, your church is the first multicultural missionary Coptic church uh, in North America. How do you work through the differences among such a diverse congregation? I think this is one of the biggest challenges uh, for an ethnic community living abroad in the diaspora is how to adapt to um, a multicultural context. I think at the core of every human being, regardless of our own ethnicity or cultural background, there's a yearning for God. There's a space where we are seeking God deep down in our souls. And if we can provide a platform for individuals from so many different backgrounds and ethnicities, I think once we get through the skin of the color or the cultural uh, background and norms, we find that we are all similar to each other, having that yearning for the creator who loves us dearly. Mm. One quick question about young people. We see a lot of young people leaving the church. What does a conversation look like uh, with you and young people in your church that might be questioning why they should go to church? We're very thankful uh, to have a very vibrant young uh, community in the Coptic Orthodox Church who participate and find themselves. I think for the millennials, uh, they need to, to find themselves in the church, to have a role. Uh, sometimes church is just for people who are advanced in age, already established, 
uh, in their positions in the church, but young people need to express uh, their talents and their gifts, and they need to feel also that they're contributing to, to the ministry, to the outreach, to care for the community outside the four walls of the church. So I feel once they find an, an authentic community, a transparent community, uh, they come and they enjoy that multicultural, but also multi-generational uh, fellowship that exists in the church. A place to belong. Thank you so much, Father Pichoy of St. Maurice and St. Verena Coptic Orthodox Church. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Maggie, for having me. Coming up on The queue, statistics show a steep decline in religious service attendance and over 9,000 religious buildings set to close their doors in Canada alone. We ask our panelists, Pastor Bruxy Cavey and Bible teacher and medical doctor Lena Abujamra, what the church needs to do to stop the bleeding caused by church hurt at Skill Ahead. These are not unique circumstances for the body of Christ, right? The idea in which the church may either be under threat, whether that is, you know, by, uh, uh, by state action, uh, by social hostility, uh, uh, or by pandemic. This is, this is the story of the church, right back to the first century. Time for the cue, an opportunity for us to dive deep into this week's topic, Church Hurt. Today we are joined by Bruxy Cavey, Senior Pastor of The Meeting House, and Dr. Lena Abujamra, Bible teacher, author, and emergency medical doctor. Thank you both for being here today. It's good to be here. So I think the first question needs to be, do we expect too much from church when it's a place, you know, where a lot of imperfect people gather? Do we expect too much of our leaders? Bruxy, how about you? Hmm. Okay, well, probably yes and no. I mean, we expect, we have high expectations for the church as we should though. Um, and in some sense, Jesus sets the standard really high. And then he also offers grace, which is this beautiful concept that makes up for our failures and brings us into forgiveness and reconciliation postures. But I think it's good to have high expectations and then high grace and the two work together. How about you, Lena? What are your thoughts? I, I think we put too much on people. Our expectations are too heavily put on people. And so we're easily disappointed because rather than putting our faith in God and what his vision for the church is and working towards that, we get sidetracked by what people have done for us. And we forget that people in the church, including leaders, are sinners saved by grace just like us. And so we come to the table sort of expecting them to be perfect. And when they're not, it's easy to take it personally and wonder, how did I end up in this mess and want to run the other way? And it's so easy to do these days, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, we heard from a number of people throughout the show, including uh, Lecrae, uh, who shared with us his feeling of rejection, especially as a black man in the church. How do we reconcile our relationship with God and our relationship with people? How do we find a differentiation between those two, especially when we've been hurt? Well, my story is very tied into church hurt. And so I, I, six years ago, uh, I left my church and I almost left the faith as a result of it. And it was a, a really, a, I don't think I saw it until I was well into a very dark valley. And whereas the people in the church had hurt me, particularly the leaders, it felt as if God was against me. And it felt like for a season of time as if God was siding on their 
side rather than mine. And so there was this us against them, even though we were all followers of Jesus. And I think that messes with your faith a lot. And it messes with your ability to come close to God and ask him for help because you assume that he's on the side of the pastor and the elders and whoever's still in the church. And I think the only way that I have found that ends up working is that usually when you're in a really dark spot, God's light shines brightest. And just when we think it's our job to come and to God, we find out that he's the one who all along has had his grip on us and gets us out of that pit and back into a place of health. And that's what happened to me. It was God who healed me and, and brought back, brought me back to a church and a place of health where I can actually enjoy the very things that he uh, set out to, to give us in the first place. But man, it's been a journey. Yeah. Roxy, how do we make sure that church, that community is a place where people feel like they can be their whole selves? Because that's something that we hear a lot. People don't feel like they can be themselves and then they are hurt, as Lena was, was sharing. Yeah, we almost do ourselves a disservice when our, our concept of testimony only includes the after the fact, holistic, I'm healed now story. We rarely have people tell their stories when they're in the middle of the struggle. The struggle, we always wait till they're past the struggle everything is good. And then we say, that's a testimony. Tell that story. And we reinforce the idea that until you get to that point, stay quiet, stay under, stay underground, stay off the radar. And then uh, once you've experienced the beautiful healing and the per perfect glory of Jesus, we'll promote your story. And, and it's good to have stories to celebrate. It's good when God does things that we want to cheer and, and uh, create a, a celebratory atmosphere. But we also need to make sure that we have we normalize a culture of being completely open, completely honest, and completely safe. And uh, James 5 says we should be confessing our sins to each other, our failures to each other, um, not just waiting till we give our public testimony of success. So however a church does that in small group format, in one-on-one, -on -one, a buddy system, whatever it may be, we have to normalize the culture of being completely real with each other along the way. Okay, I'm going to leave the last word to you, Lena. Why should, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there are going to be people watching that have had bad circumstances or bad, bad experiences with church. Why should maybe they should give faith leaders, church community a try? Well, I'll be honest, I don't think you can be a follower of Jesus over time and grow and flourish in your life without the local church. I really believe that God intended for us to be in a church community. And I think the tragedy is that if you're that person who, like myself, who was hurt by the church and who ended up walking away for a while from the church, a lot of times we do that quietly, as opposed to, you know, we sort of act the part. We might show up to where we need to show up, but our hearts are distanced. And eventually, if you stay on this trajectory, you're going to be outside of the church, and pretty soon your faith is going to crumble. So my word to anybody who's, who's struggling with that is to uh, really find a safe place even with this show and, and the story of Lecrae and so many people that are speaking out about some of the hurts that they've gone through. And by the way, not just connected to black men or women, but to women in general and to a lot of different groups of people that have gone through that. I think that uh, find people who share your story. There are many of them and uh, do everything you can to be back in a place where you can see God's favor, God's hand. And, and though God will meet you out of the church, you will never flourish as much as within the walls of the local church. And I think leaders need to hear that. And so I appreciate even people like Pastor Bruggsy, who's here and who I know personally and is such an encourager uh, of people. And there are many like him who are, are, are ready to, uh, to, to embrace those who have left the church and maybe are sort of on the outskirts of the church where they may be showing up, but not actually uh, living the life of the body that they could be living. And so really it's, it's a mutual 
mutually beneficial relationship. And I believe that's the biggest incentive to come. You'll see more of God in the walls of a local church. And I think that's what every Christian really wants. Right. Okay. Lena and Bruxy, thank you so much for joining us and being part of the queue. And thank you all for watching. We couldn't do this program without our amazing team behind the scenes and you, our donors who help us ensure Christian analysis on the news and current events happen every single week. Go to our website, context.show for more information. See you next week. Bye.